0: This is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to a brand new edition of Smarts and Stripes. My name is Bill Matz. I am joined by former WWE official Kevin Keenan. What is up? And we're here uh, This is You know I I love I like how How this is gonna go this week We're we're turtle this week Yeah we're turtle this week And I like getting the one-on-one time with him To go over storylines and raw stuff And now me and you get a chance To just go back and forth Between the two of us And A story came out, it's been coming out over the last few weeks about Leo Rush, and I feel like this is a perfect time to kind of delve into the behind the scenes, really like what is expected of a WWE superstar, what is expected of a WWE employee. If you haven't heard about this Leo Rush story, uh, he's got heat, this is uh, all reports, uh, there's non-stop stuff about Leo Rush and he's had attitude problems. I mean, throughout his time in the business, really. Mm-hmm. But the story that has come out lately is, uh, he's got heat going all the way back to November from a European tour.
1: I think he has. I think he has heat dating back way further than that, but this is where it all kind of might have came to fruition. This
0: is, yeah, where it's kind of all come together. Now, Mark Henry's come out and talked to him about it, but we're going to take it back to the November 2018 tour in uh, Europe where they're uh, supposedly, you know, on the tours and when you're with the guys traveling as the big group, you're supposed to, you know, uh, be deferential to your veterans and kind of take care of the guys. And he just seems to have a bit of a problem with this, Kevin. It's uh, it's it's been yeah. This is from yeah. This is from Mike Johnson from PW Insiders. Mike's where the I best. Read. Yeah, PW Insider. You've actually turned me on to this because I've always kind of been a Torch guy and a .NET guy, but I've been going more and more to PW Insider.
1: Yeah, look, if uh, if Mike Johnson doesn't have the story, uh, you. To me, there's no backbone to the story. There's no credibility. Um, I feel like the majority of wrestling, quote unquote, journalists have lost their credibility, and kind of like we see in the world of uh, of sports, just hot takes and opinions. Yeah. And uh, there's things that Mike, there's other there, there's things that people will post and write about that Mike won't because he hasn't been able to verify or his sources haven't told him. And Mike has a lot of trust within the industry. He's been doing this a long time, and you know, just like I said, if, if PW Insider doesn't have the story, I kind of give it no credibility. I don't even really pay attention. Mike's the man.
0: And it's important, like, you know, it's all wrestling, so I assume everything's a work, so I take very little seriously, but it does seem the most verified stuff. He'll actually quote sources and things. It's fantastic. But this Leo Rush story, so it, it all starts with he basically refuses Uh, to carry coolers uh, for guys for after the show. He refuses to carry their bags, getting off buses on this European tour. Kind of take me through. Like, what I wanted to ask you is, say I get hired by WWE tomorrow Mm -hmm. in any sort of role. Mm -hmm. There are certain unwritten rules here, right? Mm -hmm. What what should be expected of me, and what is Leo Rush kind of shirking on his duties as a new guy?
1: Look, Leo... Leo's had attitude problems his entire career, right? He's had, to me, Leo Rush is a victim of being given too much too soon. Everyone tell him he's going to be great, he's going to be this big star, he's going to be this and that. And this dates all the way back to him even training to be in the business, and we can get into that in a little bit. But I don't know why Leo thinks he's any different than than anybody else, right? You know, and I, and I hate to sound like that guy, you know, when I was there, but when I was there... But
0: that's why you're here. Correct. You were there.
1: When I was there, you know, the Undertaker was, was on top. He's the one selling the houses out, right? He's... Him and, you know, and, and a few others, Cena, you know, Shawn Michaels and Hunter still at the time. These small things that he kind of refuses to do, you're kind of spitting on the people who came before you. You're kind of saying, I don't really care about... Paying respect to the ones who came before me and the ones that are that are drawing the house that I'm getting paid on, you know, you're you're, you're telling people you don't care, you know, something as small as giving water to the guys, at, you know, after the match. Yeah, it's as simple as standing there and handing the Undertaker a Gatorade. How hard is that? Why is this a problem? You know how many times. I've been there handing guys waters and drinks and stuff like that and saying, hey, thanks for the house. Because you want to know why I, me as a referee, just got paid $1,200 for one show? It's because The Undertaker brought them into the building. It's because DX is main eventing and brought them into the building. It's because John Cena is a top guy and brought them into the building. And I didn't have to be told this, you know, I can pick up things pretty easily. I saw Matt Stryker doing this. Matt Stryker was been there way longer than me. So if Matt Stryker was doing it, why am I not doing it? Why am I not doing things like that? Now I don't know that you have to carry their bags or anything like that. I think that I don't I don't think that's being that's true at all. But carrying coolers and helping out and you know being the new guy and because you think you paid your dues somewhere somewhere else, it doesn't matter what you did before you got to the WWE. You got to the WWE for a certain reason, got that, but it doesn't matter what you did before that because nobody cares. This is a completely different world in a completely different universe, quote, no pun intended. (laughs) You know, this is a completely different realm and you have to start over. Yes, you had a little bit of notoriety before you got there. That's why you're there. But at the same time, you start over, you go back to the bottom of the barrel and it's simply just a human thing. It's a, it's a people thing. It's a, hey, I'm going to help out. I'm going to. Rockstar Spud is on the roster doing this. The Drake Maverick is on there doing the same thing that everyone else came before him. Leo Rush has been in the business way less of amount of time than Rockstar Spud. Is he better than him?
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of what's come out here because this the carrying the bags and all that stuff came specifically from this European tour, and it was basically like when you're traveling is because y- you know the guys split up and travel in their different groups or travel alone, whatever. But on the tour, you're all together. All together. And This it's not different than any other team sport to me. We see it all the time, whether it's baseball, the rookie pitchers carrying everyone's stuff out, you know, to the uh, to the bullpen. Yeah, and
1: again, I don't think they're I don't think they're asking him to carry bags. I've never seen anybody be asked to carry bags. Maybe you carry your bag or two if somebody's really hurt or limping out of the building. It's a human-level thing to help people out. It's a human-level thing to pay you know, to pay your dues, to show respect. Show the guys you want to be here. And it, for Leo Rush, it might be an entitlement thing. Again, he's been told from day one how good he's going to be. And he's been told from day one how big of a star he's going to be. And I don't think it worked out I don't, I don't think any of that was good for him for his long term.
0: And a lot of the a lot of the really great quotes that have come you know spawned from this story have come from this interview Mark Henry did mm-hmm. with uh Sean Ross SAP and it's it was very good it's worth a listen if you could find it online but it's uh Mark Henry basically saying what you just said like you know the bags and the coolers that's one thing that's one tour something that might have been expected of them but like the the all the reports are whether you know the bags or coolers whatever Drake Maverick's doing it Mm -hmm. Authors of Pain are doing it Mm -hmm. It's not just you Being singled out here And and other
1: people Outside of those three Are doing it
0: Yeah and as, as K Fabe dies and the business becomes different by the day really, there is still so much to just respecting the business respecting your elders and Mark Henry says, you know, when he started it was his job to basically just follow around Yokozuna and Correct. do whatever Yoko needed from him and he talks about, you know, there was nothing bigger when Mark Henry, you know, especially in his first few years, there was nothing bigger than Jericho coming over from WCW and he's sitting there and he sees Jericho about to go out, he's standing at Gorilla and he's got three bottles of water just he's holding them for the three guys the two guys in the match and the referee as they're coming back through the curtain this is Chris Jericho yeah Chris Jericho Chris Jericho's a star at this point he's coming over his first segment is with the damn rock like it doesn't get bigger than that and he still realizes the respect you have to pay Kevin today you and I worked Mm -hmm. the remote at Tasty Cake yes I came in before you you were relieving me Mm -hmm. the first thing you do you don't put your bag down or anything you come up to me and the two hosts. You hand us drinks. Yeah, you've it, been doing. You've been here longer than me. There's no reason for you to have to do that. It's just simply you take care of the people who are before you.
1: It's it, it, it's a simple thing, really. And look, you know, you know, we we had a, a great day at the Taste of Cake Factory today here oh, it was in Philadelphia. A great time, yeah, uh, they take great care of us. But yeah, we had the morning show there, and then the midday show, and then. Uh, and then the afternoon show, uh, all broadcast live on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And But yeah, I'm a coffee guy. you know. I have, yeah. to, I have to have my coffee in the morning. Didn't get it this morning. So I said, ah, you know, we'll just, we'll just figure it out. Walk into, t- into the Taste of Cake factory and see there's a kitchen, you know, pretty much mm-hmm. just dedicated for our use. Um, there's a refrigerator dedicated for our use. Pretty cool, right? So I'm like, oh, I'll grab some coffee. Well, while I'm grabbing my coffee, I'm like, oh, you know, John and Joe and Bill and these guys, hey, they've been here for a while. I'm, let me just take some stuff over to him. I'm going to take one of each and then, you know, whatever. It's it's just let, what you let, do. Let, let them choose. That's being a good person. That's being a human being. That's being a good co-worker. That's being a team player for all things. I didn't have to do that. I and mean, I'm not saying anybody has to do it for me. But when you're in the WWE and you are on the road and you are traveling, at, you know, all year and you are... Overseas and with these guys as a group, you are a team. Yeah, you are a team. You are are you are a family. You know, you're going to fight. You're going to love each other. It's the same thing on end. Just like you said, like any other team sport. Leo Rush is not a team player. Now I want to ask he you: is not he is he is not a team player? He never was. He never will be. Um, and I, I I really don't know what his future holds. And quite frankly, I really don't care.
0: It's going to be interesting to see where this goes, because his contract runs through 2020, and I won't go so far to say, as the reports are, he's given them an ultimatum. Like, hey, if you don't like what I'm doing, release me. Who is he but, to give yeah. them
1: a, an ultimatum?
0: <laughs> That's He's one of the guys, as much as you and I can go back and forth on if they extend his contract, I think it's kind of petty. If they were to do it to Leo, if you're just being a dick, it, no matter what, like Mark Henry says, Stone Cold did this stuff. The Rock did this stuff. Are you better than them? Absolutely not. Now, I want to get to a couple of these quotes and just different rebuttals that Leo Rush has had.
1: Before you get to that, uh, I did see a thing out there where he was complaining about having to pay for his own cars and pay for his own hotel rooms and... He he's not making any money in this, or that, and the third. And then it came out that he's making three, or uh, that they all He just to, turned down $300,000. He turned grand. down $300,000 for an extension because he won it double he that. He
0: demanded six. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who? In what area, in what area of professional wrestling sports entertainment has Leo Rush drawn six hundred thousand dollars worth of ticket sales into an arena for that company.
0: Yeah. He if he works there for twenty years, he won't be worth six hundred grand for them. Correct. <laughs> and this is like listen, I want all the boys to make every dollar humanly imaginable. Same. But, like, what does Roman Reigns make? Because he's 420 times more valuable, and I guarantee he doesn't make 420 times 600 grand. I guarantee it.
1: I would imagine Roman Reigns is the upper echelon of yeah. uh, of being paid in the WWE, and I I, I just don't know and he's Which, headlining house shows. He's moving merch. He's the big dog. He's the guy that you hand the bottle of water to after his match. Yes, no
0: matter. You guys should be lined up around the corner to hand Roman Reigns a a bottle of water at a house Look, show. I
1: just don't know what it is. I don't know if it's if it's the generation that Leo Rush grew up in this instant gratification of social media or if it's just if it's just arrogance, if it's just, you know, I'm I, I'm so good, I think I deserve this. I don't know if he wasn't taught right. Like I, I I don't know, but it's not gonna work out well for him in the wrestling business on a major level scale. If the WWE decides to let him go, he'll get he'll get idiots out there to pay him $1, sure. $1, a thousand dollars a night.
0: exists. Yeah, he'll now.
1: get people to pay him a thousand dollars a night, but he's not gonna he's not gonna survive in the wrestling business. It's just not gonna happen. this whole thing has completely, completely Mind boggled me and shocked me And I don't know why it shocked me Because I've literally seen Leo Rush From the beginning mm-hmm. I've seen a pattern, I've seen the way he acts I've seen the way he's treated people And I see what he What he thinks he should have mm-hmm. What I Think he should have and what he thinks He should have are two completely different things I don't think he should have anything
0: <laughs>
1: I, He's currently Not slated for this European tour He's He hasn't been to TV
0: I saw. He's, t- apparently, the last two weeks, he was at TV, but not used. Good, sit him there. Yeah, that's...
1: You know, they want to send him back to NXT. I wouldn't do that either. You know, this isn't the first run-in that he's had of getting into trouble. We all remember the Emma tweet when he was still in NXT. He was brand new to NXT. It's sh- At this point, for a kid, and I really mean a kid. I think he's 23 years old. He's a young guy, yeah. For a kid who's causing so much trouble... And look, there's been there's been troubled people in the WWE before, but the people that were troubled are drawing them money. Yeah. Are
0: making the company money. No, that's the thing. He, he he's, not, he's not either or. You can be a dick if your name is Shawn Michaels, sure, because he's filling up the house. But when you're Leo Rush and you're like... Like if you're not carrying Bobby Lashley's bags, what are you there to do? Because that's literally that's your character and your job. But I want to circle back to uh, I want to circle back to the money thing because that's one of the first things, and we've gone back and forth on what exactly guys are. You know what is. The responsibility of the talent. What's the response? And like, do I believe WWE should have some sort of? They should cover your travel, not just plane tickets, but your rental and your room. Yeah, I do think they should. But the thing is, they don't. And Randy Orton pays for his. You know, like this isn't. Well, Randy Orton's a different story. But you're.
1: But, but, but that's. But the, to your point, yeah. That's it, and this and we can. Have this, this is conversa- the business. We can have this conversation all day. Yeah, and we have before. You know what you okay, signed up you're for. You correct. You know what you signed up for. And once you're out of NXT and you're on that full, on that main roster deal, you know you, you know what it is. Yeah. You know what it is. You know what you're getting into. So, for him to put that out there as a talking point uh and to try to make people feel sorry for him for whatever reason. No one feels sorry for him. The majority of people don't even know who he is, let alone yeah, that- <laughs> feel sorry for him. Like this is just it's just all insan- it's it's just all insanity. It's I haven't seen anything like this in a long, long time.
0: Now, I want to take you to his rebuttal to all this idea of that he's got heat and he's kind of shirking his responsibilities as low man on the totem pole. And this, you know, is uh, stemming from that European tour where all this heat seems to have really built up since November. Uh, His quote is, it's not about race and it never has been. But public perception is important to me. And when we have fans that travel all over the globe and watch us get off of buses and into hotels, the look of a black kid carrying waters and bags for other wrestlers is just not a good look, especially when I'm trying to portray myself as a superstar as well.
1: Oh, so it's not about race, so he'll make it a race show
0: that's the like you know what i'd almost buy this if it wasn't so clear a cover correct if it wasn't so clear hiding behind it because on this tour that all this stuff came from and no it's not like to your point he's not expected to carry guys bags on on, in every town it's literally getting off the bus as a respect thing you're signed to bobby lashley bobby lashley no matter what you think of him has been here and done that. He was in a damn WrestleMania match with the President of the United States now. (laughs) Like, that happened. This is a guy who you are assigned to and you should be learning from and soaking up every possibility. I hate that we agree so much on this because I don't think it's always great radio when you agree. Right. But as somebody who would kill to be in Leo Rush's situation, like, my God, you're going to hide behind this now? Uh, Just say I made a mistake and start doing it from here on out. I almost wonder, and I'd love
1: to know what what Bobby's thinking right about now, and what he's thinking about this whole thing, because I know Bobby personally. He's a great guy, um, very mild mannered, laid back. doesn't really doesn't really tell you if he's having a good day or a bad day. He's just Bobby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just goes about his, goes about his business, and he does his thing. You know, eats, works out, wrestles, does it all over again. He's just Bobby. And then you have this whatever he is over here disrupting Bobby's flow. Even if he did, you know, even if it's not disruptful on the screen, he's still attached to Bobby because of their on screen role. Yeah. Now, if once they get through the curtain, if Bobby just washes his hands of them and they go on their merry way and they don't see each other again until they go out to the ring the next night, that's one thing. But Bobby's such a good guy. That I can see him trying to take Leo under his wing and put him on the right path like a few others have already tried to do.
0: And that's Mark Henry has said, I've pulled him aside and been like, dude, and, and, this and, is And, how it and is. Leo
1: just completely blowing him off because that's the person Leo is. He's ignorant. He doesn't listen to what anybody has to say. People that have done this a whole lot longer than him, you know, we talked a little bit off air. I know his trainer very, very well. I worked for his trainer, Dan McDevitt, a great, great, great guy. Owns uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling down in Maryland. That's where Leo started. Leo and the Velveteen Dream started together. Mm -hmm. They started in wrestling together. Literally both came through the MCW school. Um, Couldn't have taken any more opposite routes in the business. Patrick is a great, great kid. Just wants to just wants to be there. Wants to get better. Wants to be a star. Did all the right things to get to WWE, and when he got to WWE, can't say so much on the other side uh, for Leo Rush. And I'd love to know what Danny's thinking right now because I know Danny will always have the back of his guys. Yeah, of course. And and as he should. Yeah. But at some point, you kind of got to look at him and go, "Man, he." he's wrong or man, like, oh, I kind of wish he wouldn't do that. You know, I, I've had many of the debates with Danny about, cause I just don't like him. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. like Leo. I never did. I never will. I'm not saying that he's not talented. I'm not saying that he's not fantastic
0: when the bell rings. Oh yeah. That's, I've seen him the on kid, indie shows where he's uh, steals the show several times. I've seen him. The kid is absolutely fantastic.
1: When that bell rings, mm-hmm. everything else <laughs> is highly, highly questionable. And I know Danny didn't teach him that way. Danny has trained Orlando Jordan. He has trained Mickey James. He has trained Leo Rush. He has trained Velveteen Dream. There's a few others that are escaping me right now. And Danny has taught them all the right way. He runs a fantastic, fantastic operation down there. Uh, and he's very, very, very well liked in the business. At some point, you kind of – this isn't a shot at Dan, but at some point, you have to take a step back and go – The he, he, I'm done. Like, I'm washing him. Like, I, yeah. I can't protect him anymore.
0: And that seems to be what's going on with a lot of guys who have tried to kind of pull him aside and go, hey, maybe you just don't know. Because that happens. Sometimes people are just ignorant sure. and then make up for their mistakes. It absolutely happens. Another quote that has come out from Leo Rush is people who have pulled him aside, he said to them, I work for Vince, not you. And then he's actually tried to, like, complain about them, saying these are my peers telling me what to do, not my bosses. And that's just not how... That's not how the business works. It's not how
1: the business works, but in any other business, he's not wrong. In any other business, Leo's not wrong in that sense. But the sports entertainment business is a completely different business and industry than anything else in this world. You know, it's... I see what he's... I, it's the wrong way to go about it for wrestling. Yeah. You know, if the, if this was insurance or real estate or radio or television, you know, because... Uh, maybe not television because WWE is television. But yeah. at the same time, any other business other than that, kind of on board with him.
0: But I will... Here, like, but but, here, but here's, yeah, what, okay. here's what
1: you don't want to happen like you don't want to bring unnecessary heat from the office towards the boys so anybody who's trying to uh, I remember Joey Mercury told me way back in the day He goes well, how did he put it the quote uh, the boys can get you out of heat with the office God bless the one who has heat with the boys yeah I mean and sure yeah I believe that's how I went and Leo's doing that to a T. you know what I mean the veterans that have been there before Leo are tr- are just trying to help and keep him out and nav- and help him navigate the shark waters. And he's taking it as an insult mm-hmm. and running right to talent relations, which in turn brings unnecessary heat back to the locker room because talent relations are is going to turn around and go, maybe you shouldn't do that. And then they'll use, you know, we're a publicly traded company and blah, 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 blah. And they'll give them every excuse in the book. Of course. And now it's going to come full circle. The veterans that were trying to help him are now pissed off at him and won't even look at him and write him off
0: because yeah, regardless of who's right and wrong in whatever situation Tarrant relations whoever in the front office is just going to go this is some sort of annoyance these are the people involved it's ju- it's not going to be a right and wrong situation it's just uh, you know Leo and Bobby and whoever it doesn't seem like there's any residual heat on Bobby which is cool I doubt cool, it uh, because I can obvi- obviously like in any situation you would just go I can see someone coming up to Bobby and go yeah what's up with your boy mm-hmm. like what, what what is this and sure. uh, you you can
1: see it going and that I way. I can see Bobby going, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: but okay. So I want to moving on from this, but still in the same realm here, because I want to utilize your experience, Kevin. If I were to get hired tomorrow by W, like by WWE, what is one thing that would be expected of me that no one maybe really? Because this water thing, I never heard it before, but you know, I'm not in the business, but it just makes sense automatically. Like, yeah, you should just be standing there with waters for the guys coming back through the curtain. What would be expected of me that maybe a guy like me doesn't know?
1: It's simple, elementary day to day life things have a water for the guy who brought who who bought who uh who brought in the house uh, if you if the travel department for whatever reason screwed up and booked you a first class ticket and one of the boys is in coach Make sure make sure they get that seat.
0: That's because that's something that came up recently or a while ago, but I've heard the story again recently with Blue Meanie. Blue Meanie and JBL's heat apparently goes all the way back to his first run with the company. He had a first class ticket and just sat in it and didn't realize like I should give this to a vet. And afterwards, he went, "Oh, I didn't know. I'll it do happened, that from now
1: on." It, it happened to me one time. I was on a I forget where the flight was, but I was on the same flight with Arn Anderson and I was in first class and he was in coach. I didn't see him on the flight. And I saw, and as we landed, we were uh, deplaning. I saw him and I ducked down back in my seat so he didn't see me. And, you know, that, you know, that was never a problem. But, like, I've given my first class seat to Shane Helms. I've given my first class seat to Jack Swagger. Like, it's not, it's just a human level thing to do. Those guys are the athletes, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're crammed in cars enough. If they get a chance to sprawl out and it can be, you know, and I can help them out. Fine. Same thing. You know, if uh, if I have an aisle seat and they have a middle seat, switch it. It's 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 just it's small it's small stuff. Uh, don't take up a big a, a big space in the locker room. You know, if you have to change on the floor, change on the floor. If it means Seth Rollins having the chair, yeah. Just small everyday human level things. It's real. It's not rocket science. <laughs> We're not reinventing the wheel here. It's just common sense.
0: Yeah, that's. I, I'm glad you mentioned the, those couple of things because yeah, those are absolutely. Kev, you and I are bigger guys. I just flew Southwest. I know what it is to be in that middle seat. Yeah, right. As uh, as uh, Johnny Impact put last week, I can't imagine being a guy with a uh, real punched up bump card. Yeah. having to do that. Like, no. If I'm Orn Anderson, I'm looking at you, going, "You're giving me that." Seat. And it happens every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every week. Man. Yeah, and when there's only so many like tickets available, they're just gonna book what there is. So yeah, that's. I like that. Alright, uh, real quick, some headlines, then we're going to get to the Vince stuff. But uh, let's start, I just want to get, because Turtle and I talked about this on Tuesday, our Raw recap. I just want to get real fast. Your thought on this wild card rule, how guys are going to be able to show up on both shows... My thing at this point is: should they just end the brand split? Probably. Like, if it if it's just going to be something for me to complain about because it annoys me, why not just say we have everybody available for for all shows? You don't have to use everybody. Probably. But why not just have everyone available?
1: Look, it. Uh, I thought the first the the opening segment on Raw was actually really good. It was. Um, there was a lot of. There was things that there were surprises, obviously, that I wasn't expecting. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, quick pop for the crowd. Hopefully, pops a quick rating, you know. Um, you have Roman and Vince; it should. Yeah. So you know, I thought it was good, but uh, it's been rumored that Fox and USA alike want the brand split to end, and it 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 just might be time. If we're going to start crossing over anyway, the only reason I have a problem with the brand split ending is the same reason the company probably has a problem with it. There's only so many spots on the show and there's a, like, and guys are going to be out of
0: jobs and it is real quickly. And it is so And they have so many people signed and it is an issue of, yo, if you're at TV on Monday, why be at TV on Tuesday? If, and, and if that ends up
1: happening, NXT is going to have to become a third brand. Oh yeah. And like a legitimate third touring brand. It already is. But I mean, to the level of raw SmackDown, and guys are going to have to be okay with their WWE career beginning and ending in NXT.
0: And honestly, that could just make, I, you know, regardless of what guys think of the prestige of the spot and everything, could just make for a better product at the end of the day. Like if Finn Balor's showing up on NXT, I'm cool with that, you know?
1: Yeah, but I'm you know to my point, like, Cassius Ohno would have to be okay with be- just staying in NXT if he wanted to be in the WWE.
0: I think that's kind of just his job now. It, it, it think could be. I just, think he's like player coach and at I'm this just point. And I'm just
1: using Hero yeah, as yeah, an example. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, because there's only so... You, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, 12 segments, you can only fit so many people in there. You know what I mean? So it's... There's a lot to think about in that the, regard. The,
0: the analogy I used with Turtle is um, the American and National League. I am very much cool with the idea of these two separate things and never shall they touch to the World Series or the All-Star Game or Survivor Series or WrestleMania, however you want to put it. But the minute we get, like... Oh yeah, the Phillies are opening up against the Royals. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, what's special about it then? It's just another day.
1: Yeah, that's annoying when early plays like in the first month. Yeah, it's a year now. Kind of no... like we're doing now. I always use. I I love waiting to like July at the ballpark. If it was something early play, and, like let's go.
0: That's and if it's something special, I'm cool with it. If it's just willy nilly, like it's getting at this point with this wild card rule, just give me, just give me whatever. Just it's end it and I like the brand split I like the idea because when was wrestling best when there was competition this is a way to drum it up even if it's kayfabe competition because it's still the same company at least it's something but if it's not if it's all the same show just make it the same show the
1: idea of the brand split in theory is fantastic sure if they were going to stick to it I think they need to go back and really really reinvent it Uh, having said that I'm okay with them going either way
0: I would, if it's going to be like this, I would just like to see them end it and just say it's, you know, everyone's available. This AEW TV deal is now announced, is expected to be announced next week with Turner Broadcasting. Uh, It sounds like they're going to have a weekly show on TNT. It's unconfirmed whether it's a buy time slot. Gotta believe it is, at least at this point. I would think for the beginning. Yeah, or some sort of splitting the cost, splitting the production. There has to be... What's in it for TNT right now other than crossing your fingers and hoping it works?
1: Yeah, look, I don't see them getting any...
0: At- I, the cons, I guess, have some some sure. sway. They're not, this isn't me starting a promotion. These are legit billionaires. Yeah,
1: right. Um, I don't think they'd be getting any advertising dollars, at least... In the very beginning, I would imagine they want to do a trial run or have whatever they do to see how ratings are, you know, maybe a, a six-month uh, six period and then come back and see what happens. But yeah, great. Look, a, uh, the business needs AEW and that the business needs more places for guys to work for when the brand split ends and WWE puts half of its roster out of business.
0: Yeah, and that's... I need the alternative. I'm looking forward to this thing. Like, I want to watch Double or Nothing. Sure. I just like from a business standpoint, I'm just wondering.
1: Well, from a business standpoint, I'm questioning a lot of things, and it's not anything that we haven't talked about before. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm questioning this being on pay per view. Like, why pay per view providers think it's a good idea to sh- to give an unproven company pay per view space? Which you know, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's some there's something's worked out, and it's working out for everybody. Same thing with. With uh, with Turner putting them on, when we don't even know when we know only a little bit of the roster, we don't know when their next shows are. We don't know what markets they're in. Like, there's a lot we still don't know. Having said that, um, I'm very happy for AEW. Um, The players that they have in place now are the ones who who can who can start a new company and and make it good and make it worth watching. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what happens. I really hope it works. But if I, it's funny you mentioned like giving the the pay per view time and everything. Like go back to when we were young the hoops that ECW had to jump through to get on pay-per-view. And this is a company that straight up doesn't exist. And they're going to, you know, have will, a good, but you know, they'll get a buy rate at this point. They That's will, the, they will exist in 16 days. Yeah, they, they absolutely will. So let's get to some of these Vince stories. Cause, uh, oh, I've been waiting all week Bartcher, for uh, DM'd us this thread of, uh, of great Vince stories. And it's just like, everything I read about Vince, I, I absolutely believe, because he's uh, a freaking... You see him on TV this week... Uh, like, he's still, he's like an old man at this point, and he's still playing Vince McMahon like it's 20 years ago. Vince and it's, McMahon
1: it, is in the top 10 crazy people in this entire world. Oh, yeah. Uh, top 10.
0: But I just, before we get this thing started, I just, if do you have some sort of great firsthand story or interaction, something you saw transpire, where you just were like, this confirms everything I ever thought about Vince. You
1: know, it's funny. My interactions with Vince were... For the time I was there, we're we're pretty limited. I can only remember once or twice that I talked to him while I was there, and then one time that sticks out in my memory uh, after I was already gone. The one that sticks out to me the most while I was there was uh, the the re debut of Our Truth in August of two thousand eight. It was in the old Pittsburgh Civic Arena, and I had I had Our Truth's return uh, on SmackDown. He was working with Kenny Dykstra that night and. <laughs> That they weren't happy with the match by any means that's a whole other story but during rehearsal I remember you know we you know they practiced Ronnie's entrance and he got in the ring and everything like that and then Ken was going to come out with this promo and you know get the heat so they can go into the match or whatever and while Ken was talking I was supposed to be in and this is on YouTube as well you can go out you can uh, look it up and go back and watch it I'm supposed to be in the, in the center like holding Ronnie back. And I guess Vince didn't like the way in rehearsal I was holding him back. And he just gets in the ring. To my surprise, he knew my name, which was unbelievable to me. But he gets in the ring. And That's g- it.
0: Like, no and- matter how long you're there, it's got to be... You can think whatever about Vince, but he is still freaking Vince McMahon.
1: So he, he, he takes the headset off. He comes up the steps, gets in the ring, and he goes, Now, Kevin... Uh, here's where I want you to stand. I want you to turn to the camera so you're like this. We don't want to make Ronnie look like a dick now while he's just standing here, but here's what I need you to do. Here's where I need you to be. Let's try it again. That's <laughs> And we did it again, and he, and he was like, great, fantastic. Who's up next? And it was just, I was like, he knows my name? Like, yeah, that's, that's wild. And then I was already gone from the company, uh, and this was June or July of 2009. I got let go in January or nine uh, and Philadelphia was in town. I went down to visit Night of Champions, pay-per-view. And I was standing there talking with the guy who got me my job uh, way back in 06, or 05-06. And we're standing there talking, and here comes Vince. And if, and if you remember, the night before this, there was a Phillies fan that was killed in, a par- in the parking lot. And I forget what happened and how it went down but you know news broke that morning it was it was a big story here in the city
0: yeah I, the kid who uh, i don't know if he was killed he was in a coma for a while no he lived but he was in a coma for a while was, right. i went to high school with the kid oh, it was wow. like a big deal yeah
1: yeah it was it was a, it was a big deal here in the it city it was like
0: over some beers at a tailgate or something and
1: i'm, I'm standing there talking uh, standing there talking to marty and here comes Vince, and he goes goddamn he goes kid can't even go to a baseball baseball game anymore he goes, you, you know, you barbarians here in this city, and <laughs> blah, blah 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 blah. He's going on, and Marty's sitting there taking the heat, and you know they're all they're just joking around. And Marty's like one of Vince's right hand guys, so they have they have a really 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 good rapport. Um, so after Vince's done rant and Raven, uh, Marty goes, uh... Vince, you remember Kevin? He did some refereeing for us here. He goes, oh, goddamn, Kevin, how are you? Sticks his hand out. He goes, good to see you again. You Are you doing all right? Yeah, I'm great. And in my head, I'm going, he had no idea who I was. <laughs> like, not a single clue. But he makes you feel like sure. he's known you his entire Absolutely. life. Yeah,
0: he, and that's... That's Vince the salesman. There, yeah, there's so many sides of Vince. And, like, when I'm reading this thread here, and it's from uh, I will, at Alan underscore chief I,
1: I will say, everyone who says that he's just larger than life he really is just larger than life. like it's it, it. I don't care how long you've worked for him. I don't care. I used to see him every single week, twice a week. It didn't matter. i as close as I'm standing uh, as I'm sitting here with you, I've been to him, you know, with him in gorilla. It never gets old. It, and, yeah. and, and, and it never changes. He's Vince McMahon. It's just, I don't, it's the only way I know how to describe it. It's just a completely different feeling when you're in his presence.
0: And his passion for the biz, like, it seeps through. Like, when I hear things like, Vince says, there is no sick, like, a part of me is like, all right, but sometimes you get sick. And another part of me is like, this is a 70 year old man who's at TV every single week. And in the gym five days a week. And yeah, and in the gym and. As much as he is, like you said, larger than life, as much as he is the CEO of now one of the biggest entertainment conglomerates on the planet at this point, some of these stories, how much he is, maybe not still, but up until very recently one of the boys. The story that stuck out to me here the most. He's
1: insane.
0: Yeah, no, that's, every story I hear about him at the end of the day, I just go, this dude is freaking nuts, and that's why I believe every goddamn word I read about him, because he just comes off as a maniac. My favorite story uh, in this thread here, and like I said, at Alan underscore Cheap Shot, there's some great stuff here. A lot of it is from the Jericho podcast. I know you don't want us mentioning that stuff. Oh, that's all right. It's here. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's Jericho. It's Jericho, yeah. It's, he's a legend. Uh, the plane ride from hell is highlighted, by, and there's so many plane rides from hell. There's like nine. There's only one, now. Yeah, there's the one. But the plane ride from hell is highlighted by an amateur wrestling skirmish Mm -hmm. between Kurt Angle Mm -hmm. and Vince McMahon after Vince challenged the Olympic hero by blindsiding him with a takedown. Now... I can see that. Like On so many levels. First of all, you're on a plane. Mm -hmm. Second of all, this is one of your top guys. It's Kurt freaking Angle. Third of all, He's an Olympic gold medalist. This isn't like double legging you. Is this <laughs> the same? I would imagine they're
1: saying played around from hell. This is the same one where Brock and Mr. Perfect got into it and f- and, and, and went right up against the airplane door, 33,000 feet in the I air. I feel
0: like all this uh, the Rick in the robe, and Ex- apparently Rick did that all Rick the time. Rick in the robe.
1: Rick X, X- Pac shaving the eyebrow. X Pac
0: in the eyebrow or the. Was it eyebrow or ponytail? I feel like there's so many at this point. It might is have it, be a ponytail. Is it. Um, Michael, uh, Hayes's ponytail. Michael Hayes's ponytail. Yeah, yeah, it's and there might have been an eyebrow. There's so many damn stories. They all run together at this point. But yeah, uh, the yeah, this was old hat for the two as they had been horsing around like this several times prior to the plane ride. Vince McMahon, a senior citizen, just wrestles Kurt Angle for funsies. Why not? <laughs> like, Maybe why not? Uh, Wouldn't the- you? Uh, yeah, if I was Vince, sure. And it's just one of those things that it it, it says so many th- like again so many sides of Vince one. You know he's screwing around, but at the same time he's like, "I can go with him." Like, no, you right. can't, Vince. No, you can't. But he's like, "Yes, I can." I'm Vince right. McMahon, correct. And like he's he's proven he's one of the boys. He's doing that. That's his rationale. He's yeah. Vince McMahon. One of these ribs that killed me too is, uh, I guess, Coachman was running like a uh, March Madness pool. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is a legendary story. Yeah he he hires. Police to have Jonathan Coachman who has a, who is at the time like This was at a Monday the, Night Roll yeah, taping. A play their play by play guy. Uh-huh. Arrested fantastic. for running a gambling ring. It's fantastic. The fact that he gets down and dirty with the ribs, uh like it it fuels me as a fan. Had of Coachman his. arrested, <laughs>
1: taken away, and then had the entire company come out into the parking lot, and when he came back everyone was laughing at him. That's a legendary story. One of my favorites in this thread was when uh they were all they were all lit up in the nightclub. And uh Brett Hart tells a story in his Hall of Fame speech. And I guess LOD puts Vince up on the shoulders and one of them, you know, Hawk's gonna come off the bar with a clothesline and they're all they're all putting this over like oh like they're just God. gonna light Vince up. And they come off with a little, you know, a little light little clothesline, everyone, you know, claps or whatever. And <laughs> Brett turns to Anvil and goes, Hart Foundation would have done it and next thing you know Anvil has him up and Brett takes his head clean off they give him a heart attack in the middle a heart attack in the middle of the strip club
0: great oh, stuff Kev as much as like uh, like you lived my dream and your own and millions of people's but to have toured with this company prior to going public when it was still yeah like after the wild wild west it well, was a- yeah after some things happened like you know they toned down a little but it's still the wild wild west until like 99, 2000. Uh, And like the plane ride from hell is what? Oh, four. And there's (laughs) Vince's wrestling on planes. His competitive streak. So crazy to me. The idea that one of these, it's such a little thing. Jericho in an airport takes a picture of Vince sleeping and shows it to him (laughs) and he freaks out because Vince doesn't sleep. The idea that you're a human being, Vince. That's great. You sleep. No, he doesn't. The
1: man's a (laughs) lunatic of like the (sighs) best kind.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, one point you gotta be like I like when Russo tells the story of he wanted more money and more time off and that's when he ended up going to WCW and his side of the story is I wanna spend time with my kids and he goes I know what I pay you, pal. Hire a nanny. Correct. And it's like, that's, yo, that's, that's such an asshole move. But also, <laughs> so true. Vince just thinks this. This is him twenty four seven and twenty four to the max. And if you're and if you're <laughs> not with him, you're you're not on for the ride, man. Yeah, and it's why guys like Stone Cold have gotten so close to him because Stone Cold's like. Yeah, I broke my neck. I'm going out there. I'm making that town. Right. Like, and it's just, those are his ride-or-die guys, and they're part of the club. And that's why those guys are always allowed back, You had too.
1: Undertaker back in the day where he had his face shattered. He had a broken rib. The guy was wearing a face mask and all this other stuff. And he wasn't missing shots. You know what I mean? That's why, correct? You know, to your point, his go-to guy.
0: And this all circles go-to back to, to Leo Rush. Brother.
1: Who will never be one of Vince's go-to guys. Yeah. Who is probably going to be missing a lot of shots coming up soon. Uh, I don't know, man. The jury's still out on this kid, and I have a feeling he's going to come back guilty.
0: And we t- And we're going to wrap up soon. We're getting close to 45 here, but I just wanted to circle back all the way to that because... You said you haven't seen something like Leo Rush, especially reported, and a guy like Mark Henry, who's not in the company, st- but he's in the company. He is. Mark Henry is forever part of the family. Absolutely. Uh, and he's out there in the media saying, I pulled him aside and he has an attitude problem even with me. Do you think maybe they're just trying to heal it up? Because I always think I'm getting worked. As someone, Like, do you think he, this is coming from no. up above? No. See how they deal with it? Kind of like... Uh, the public enemy thing when the uh, when A- APA just kind of beat the crap out of him to see how they'd react.
1: Yeah, but that's twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, no, that's like, again, yeah, different world.
1: No, um, you're talking to somebody who knows Leo Rush, who's watched is Leo him. Rush, who remembers Leo Rush when he was Lie Green, coming right out of the MCW school and working independence in and around the Pennsylvania area and uh, and Maryland and stuff like that. He wasn't all that cocky then. But once he really started to be able to be Leo Rush and get a little bit of notoriety and start catching some social media thunder and starting to get starting to travel all over the place and then excuse me, and then Ring of Honor and this, that, and third, and everyone telling him how good he is. And how much money he's gonna make and yada yada yada. And just because he was his problem is is just because you were somebody on the independents as we've seen, does not mean yeah. you are going to be somebody in the WWE. You will be given an opportunity. Sure. But that opportunity that, that you're given, you are now screwing up royally. And for somebody like Leo Rush, who means nothing to anybody anywhere in that company, it's going to come crashing down. Yeah, Adam.
0: at the like that. Like I said, uh, I respect Leo Rush for his in-ring work, and I'm fantastic. Him, I've seen him tear the house down on indie shows. But at the end of the day, that house was the roller rink at Voorhees, where the Flyers practice, correct? Or WrestlePro Pro at a bar, and like it was a bar. There, it was an awesome show. The Starlight Ballroom, yeah, one of the coolest venues I've ever been to. End of the day. There might have been 300 people there, you know? Like, it, there will be a million Leo Rushes, and to get back to Vince... There's already quite a few Yeah, there's a, bouncing around. 205 Live is Leo Rushes. That's what it is. Mustafa Ali making... Or just Ali now. Making the most of this opportunity, because as we know, back to Vince, I don't give guarantees, I give opportunities, pal.
1: And why wouldn't he? Yeah. Real quick before we wrap up, uh had a little conversation today. Yeah, with L- who? L- L- See that... There- There's this guy who was the cornerstone of a little company that kind of started here in Philadelphia named ECW. Were
0: you an ECW fan? I got into ECW after. I, like, just missed it. Like, I got into wrestling watching the real product in, like, 98 and just kind of grew from there. So, like... ECW is ending as I'm becoming smart High School Bill
1: so let me ask you smart High School Bill were you a fan of The
0: Innovator of Violence Tommy Dreamer I, I liked him a little bit yeah I like I like retroactively I got into it and was like this is the greatest thing ever
1: well on Tuesday June 4th Tommy Dreamer is going to be in here in the WIP studios perform, uh, performing recording an episode oh yeah he will be performing yeah. as Tommy Dreamer Uh Recording an episode of Smarks and Stripes with us, and we're also going to do it on our, on our Facebook Live page, which we'll link to the uh, to the main Sports Radio WIP page. But Tuesday, June 4th, we're still nailing down the time, but live with us, the Innovator of Violence, Outstanding.
0: Really looking forward to it. I had a great time with the Johnny Impact interview, and I just see that like, this is going to be really cool for us. And Dreamer, just as someone like me, can't wait to just ask him a few He's things. He's my like, wrestling father. Ah. All right, Kevin, this was fun. Alright, so uh, for everyone listening, if you're out there, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Give us those good reviews. Give Give us us, that review. Yeah, give us those reviews. Give us those five stars like, uh, like we're in the Tokyo Dome. My name is Bill Matz for Kevin Keenan. Have a great week, everybody.